unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's back. He's back. Christopher Roush is back. The Raw and Unscripted Show every single Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, your place to have Raw and Unscripted conversations where I help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? What's going on, Misfits for Life? You are my crew. You're my team. You're my family. We're here every single week, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, Tuesdays. Yes, bringing you the Raw and Unscripted conversations with either myself or a preferred guest, which we're going to have the opportunity to have a guest tonight. Last week was a solo show, just me riffing on a bunch of stuff about how to have a kick-ass life. So thank you guys all for the comments and the and the back channel stuff on that. I appreciate you guys. I'm glad that was impactful. We got a lot more impactful stuff coming up for you here at Kick-Ass International. Of course, we got the group coaching program launching January 11th. So for those of you guys who are interested in that, go over to my website, ChristopherRoush.com. Check it out, group coaching tab. You'll see all the information there. We got more information coming up on that going to do a couple of videos in there just to let you know exactly what the program is about. But uh, we appreciate you being here live or on the replay, of course, every single week here on Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn. And of course, you at anywhere your favorite podcast or store, because this is not only a video cast, if you're listening to this on the podcast on iTunes or iHeart or Spotify, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, of course, there's a video cast that accompanies it. And you can find that on YouTube. And of course, you can find that through my website, ChristopherRoush.com, plug, plug, plug. So we appreciate you guys being here, whether you're here live or on the replay. And it's our intention every single week that we have these conversations that, so you can walk away from this, ha- taking one or two things that actually you'll implement in your in your day starting tomorrow. That was that's the original intention of this show is to be able just to give people give it, give people um, opportunities every single week to learn more things about themselves, more learn more and discover more strategies to be able to implement to change what it is that you're working on and what's not working for you. And that's going to be the 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 core of tonight's topic tonight. So I'm excited to uh, be able to introduce this gentleman. It's been long overdue. Uh, many of you guys know him and it's been uh, it's been a pleasure to get to know him over the last year. We actually started off doing lives together. So it's going to be a good conversation to talk about that, talk about how we got started. But I just have tremendous respect for this gentleman. Uh, he's an impact in his community. He's an impact with the people who follow him. He has his own show. Um, and we're going to be talking about a lot of different things, talking about the journey, but most importantly, we want your questions. We want your comments, uh, to be able to chime here in the conversation. If you have anything that you want to ask either one of us, we're more than happy to have you have you do that. So without any further ado, please welcome to the show, Mr. Ken Walls, Ken Walls. Welcome to the Ron and scripted show, brother. Dude. Thanks for having me, man. How are you doing this evening? I'm good. Am I, am, is my signal? Okay. Am I? Your signal is good. Okay, good, good. Your well, signal is good. Moment. We had a moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, te- technology has always been crazy, man. I've had some crazy, crazy stuff happen to me recently where also my internet will just stop or my screen will freeze or uh, other digital stuff. It's kind of crazy. My friend told me that I might have high energy and that my high energy interfe- inter- interferes with electronics. And I'm like, no, would you really think that I have high energy? Not at all. Not at all. We got Scott. We got Scott in the house. What's up, Scott, Chris, and Ken Walls? Yes, absolutely. You got to roll the R on his name. It's Scott Ricard. 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 Joe Ingram, oh, God. Oh, my God. God, Joe's in the house. I'm surprised he didn't say, what's up, party people? (laughs) Good to see you, Joe. Joe stops by the Raw and Scripted show every once in a while, says a couple of things, and then he leaves. Good to see you, Joe. Thank you for being here. He never sticks around for things. (laughs) <laughs> he's a cool mover and a shaker we can talk about him behind his back oh yeah or talk about him to his front what's up joe good to see you you know it's funny you know i, I prefaced the having you on the show is the fact that it was in was it march march of last year and it's yeah. funny that joe's here it was march of last year i get a message from glenn saying uh here being this thing and this 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 uh, uh zoom thing and i hadn't heard from glenn in a while glenn morshower of course and then yeah. all of a sudden it was like poof i show up in this zoom room and there's joe ingram and bill banishek and then you and then all of a sudden we're just we're going live and we're doing these things and we're having these great conversations uh yeah. at the 
yeah. beginning of COVID. And it was just so much fun. It was just, it was fun for us to get together and share different perspectives and keep people inspired, keep people laughing, keep people motivated um, during yeah. those lockdown times. So I look, I look back on those. When I see the videos come up in the, in the history feed, I always look, watch them and just laugh. And I'm just so appreciative because it really kicked off a lot of opportunity for both yourself and myself and everybody that we work with to be able to continue that and continue making an impact. So I have mad respect for you for continuing that. We've got lots of people in the house. What's up? Uh, Brian Hess is in the house. He goes, look at this. What's up? I, Thank I you for being here, Brian. Brian. Brian and I talked on the phone to today or yesterday. Uh, man, they're running together. Yesterday, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. Good nice. Um, we got Robert Brooker in the house. Robert, thank you so much for being here. Karen Griffin in the house. She says, good evening. Good evening. So Karen, Robert, thank yeah. you guys all for being here. We appreciate, we appreciate you. So again, uh, if you missed it, if you missed the intro on that, if you have any questions for Ken or myself, if you have any comments, please go ahead and share those in here. But tonight I just want to jump off into the conversation. Ken, you and I joked around about it in the back channel about having you on here and kind of just what we'd want to talk about. And we talked about it a little bit before we went live is the fact that you and I both want to impact people tonight and get them to think differently about their situations that they're in right now. So I'm just going to ask you the question, what do you think holds people back from achieving greatness in their life? Oh man. You know, I ask that I've interviewed over 400 celebrities and entrepreneurs on my show. And I ask that question at the end of every single one of my interviews. And, um, you know, that's why I asked it. Huh? That's, that's why I asked it. Cause I want, I want to see what you accumulatively say about that. You know, I mean, dude, the, 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 the number one answer is fear. Um, you know, I think honestly, I don't, I don't think it's fear. I think that it is the self-talk conversations that people are having with themselves. You know, I got sober back in 2002, 19 years cl clean and sober now. And I started studying the heck out of, and I don't, like I ended up, like somebody gave me Scott Peck's book, The Road Less Traveled. And, and then somehow I ended up reading Deepak Chopra and I, I read some, some other books in that genre. And then, um, Dr. Wayne Dyer was introduced to me and, and dude, that right? is when shit got real for me and it got real, really fast. And I started really, really digging into what was going on with me. Like, you know, a normal person one of us is frozen. Okay. Unfrozen. Frozen. Are you, or can you hear me? Rut row railroy. Can anybody hear him? Okay. You guys hear me still? Of course you're rocking okay, and rolling. You, you were frozen. I didn't know if, if maybe it was me that was frozen or whatever, frozen but anyway, time. so, um, so I, I, um, yeah, I started reading Dr. Dyer. So really getting into um, what was happening in my my brain, like why why would I drink myself almost to death intentionally? Not like once in a while, but literally every day. Like I I would approach the death line every day. I consume that much alcohol, and and you know by the time I quit drinking, I was bloated. I was jaundiced. I I nobody in my family, nobody didn't have friends, didn't want friends because they got in the way of my drinking. And, and so, um, normal people don't do that shit. And I wanted to, you know what I mean? <laughs> they just don't. And I was like, I was like, why, why is my, why, what is going on with me, man? And, and so I'm digging right. into all of this stuff. I'm, I'm reading all of Dr. Dyer's stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm reading, um, uh, I mean, there were so many authors, so many amazing authors' books that I read. Um, oh, what's the one dude's name? Was uh, I'll remember later. But you know, I started looking T. Harv Eker, Secrets yep. of the Millionaire Mind, and all of these things. Like I'm like, okay, I got to dig in. I got to figure this out. I got to know why my brain did that shit, and and how can I redirect it? Now we have people like Dr. Joe Dispenza on the scene who's doing unbelievable freaking things with the human brain and the mind and the way we think. And, and, you know, um, 
and so I still continue to study. And I feel like after 19 years, I've started to scratch the surface a little bit. Um, but I'm still not there, man. I, I still am not like, you know, and I don't know that I'll ever be there. It's a journey, right? So um, I, I think that was a very long answer to answer <laughs> one question. And that was, you know, what what stops people? And I think it's honestly, it's it's the it's the conversations they're having with themselves. It's so it's so true, Ken. I was sitting there thinking about it as well because I was thinking about does fear really hold us back, or is it a lot of it has to do with that inner critic? You know, I sit there and think about how do we silence that inner critic? How do we how do we tell that guy to buzz off? And I've heard a couple of different strategies, and I want to get your opinion on this. Is somebody told me to name it something else? Like if it was like let's just say Joe. Like when you have that a nagging inner critic inside of you, just like shut up, Joe. Shut up, Joe. I'm not going to listen to you right now, Joe. And like giving it a different name and just being able to like slap it down. Um, you know, what 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 has worked for you to be able to silence that inner critic in your journey of going through what you've gone through? It's it's honestly, dude, it's it's really simple. And and you know, I I went through um I can't like what you're saying, I'm sure it'd be great for some people. Um, mine actually is Joe, Joe Ingram. I can call it by first and last name. Um, <laughs> no, but like, okay. So in recovery, there are 12 steps <clears throat> and, and those 12 steps have to do with digging out all of this shit, the dirt, and then, then doing something with that dirt and then taking your life and redirecting it to give back to the world and help other people in, in recovery, it's mainly drunks or drug addicts or whatever. Right. So, you know, when you look at it and you go, well, we all have this inner critic. We all have this, this, this guy, this gal, this whatever, that's telling us that we're incapable. We're not worthy that we're, we're, um, you know, heading in the wrong direction. We're, we're going to fail. Oh my God, you're going to crash and burn. You better stop, stop, stop. You're going to, you know, all of that crap. And, and, and what it is for me is, is I've got to go, where are those voices coming from? Yeah. Where are they, where are they coming from? Cause it's not me, my natural and Glenn Morshower talks about this all the time. My natural state is like, I, I, my natural state is I was born a winner. Zig Ziglar wrote a book called you were born to win, or maybe it was Tom. I have it. I, th I think it was Tom, but anyway, Zig talked about that too. But so your natural state being born into this world, you're a baby. Like you're, 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 you're completely indifferent about all of it. Like it doesn't eat, like, like you're not as a baby, you don't care about whether you're going to win or lose. You just want to eat and poop <laughs> and, you know, be held or, or whatever. So, and, and does it, my question is, does it really change? I don't think so. I still want to eat and poop and be held. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so, so what, what, what happens? What happens is it's the adults around us that start setting limitations. <clears throat> they start programming our mind. And, and as we go through this programming, which T Harv Ecker talks about in secrets of the millionaire mind, we start going through this programming and, and, and all of a sudden we're adults and we're, we're fully functioning under someone else's program. Those, right. so those voices that are telling me that I can't do it are not necessarily mine. They may be mine because of the thousands of times I've been told no, or that I'm not capable or whatever. So now they just naturally become my voices. But what I love is Dr. Joe Dispenza says that 90% of the thoughts that we had today of our 60,000 plus thoughts, 90% of them are the same exact thoughts we had yesterday. And that 50% of them, we're walking around, we're telling ourselves these stories all day long, right? 50% of that shit is made up. We're embellishing it. We're making yeah. up lies about ourselves and, and, and what we're capable of or not capable of. And, and we're trying to live a normal life. That's crazy. Like what is normal? That's what, that's why, that's why we called it stop the insanity because it really is. It's the insanity that we, I was telling somebody the other day that we actually lie to ourselves and we think that we're going to pull one over on ourselves. It's like, really? How, when does that wake up period happen when you go, 
really all the shit that really is not endearing myself to, to be able to become successful. And when I think about that, when I think about that, Ken, I think about my journey and being told that I was stupid so much and not having my own self-confidence until way after I left, uh, left my mom and all that stuff. And the road to being able to change the chatter that was going on in my brain was to be able to find empathy and forgiveness for the person who did a lot of that programming, which was my mom. And that was not an easy process. How has that been for you in your, in your road to recovery, your road to becoming strong, your road to becoming a dad? What part of empathy and forgiveness have you had to tackle? And what have you learned from that? And what potentially can you help other people to be able to deal with it? Well, I can, I can say, I will say this, that um, if you don't learn how to forgive and not learn how, scratch that. If you don't forgive, if you don't forgive, you may even become financially very, very well off. You may become a multi-gazillionaire. But if you don't learn to, or <clears throat> if you don't forgive the people who've harmed you from childhood on, if you don't learn forgiveness, you're going to have a very miserable existence on this planet. Because you'll take that shit out on everybody around you. And eventually there'll be nobody around you. So I think that for me, I remember, you know, somebody saying to me, you know, who, who was your number one offender as a kid that hurt you? And I, I said who it was and, and, and he said, you, you have to forgive them. I said, you're out of your flipping mind. He goes, no, 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 no. Listen, you have to pray for that dude. I said, I'll pray for that dude to burst into flames. I ain't praying for him. Are you high? Like, uh -huh. what are you talking about, dude? I thought right. this was a program of sobriety, bro. And you're like wasted right now or something. But you know, I and I and 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 this guy said, look, if you don't do it, you're gonna drink again and you will die. Wow. And you know that already. And I was like, shit. Sign me up. <laughs> No, I wasn't. I, I really wasn't uh, like that. I was like, whatever, dude, you know, and I, I, I went home and just, I was contemplating cause I I'm always trying to negotiate my way out of having to do things like that. That's uncomfortable, man. And, mm -hmm. and so I couldn't find a way out and I said, okay, fine. And I prayed that night and I said, God bless so-and-so and, you know, please forgive him. Amen. And, and, um, Dude, I did not mean it. I honestly wanted to say, and you know, while you're at it, kill that SOB and <laughs> drag him into the pits of hell. Yes, you know? dot, dot, yeah. dot. Yeah, <laughs> right. Then say amen, but I didn't. You know, I just let it go. And and then, dude, about 30 days into doing that ritualistically, every night that prayer, um, this, this freaking this epiphany occurred for me and it was a spiritual awakening, not a giant one. Like there wasn't a burning bush or any of that, but I had this, this awareness occur um, that I had, that, that I meant it, that I meant it for the first time in my life. I literally meant it when I said, God bless this dude and please forgive him. And, and, and I, I was like, wow, I'm, I'm free. And, and, you know, I had heard so many and, and I it, look, it still was a process because things still boiled up. You know, I mean, that, that was 19 years ago. And and I remember thinking, like, you know, I want like I, I hate journeys, but life's a journey, man. It, there's not it's not a destination, but I hate that. I want to like, look, <laughs> I, I that's what I loved about Star Trek, man. You could like just instantly beam yourself to wherever you wanted to go. Right. When I want to go to to Disney World, I want to be there right now. Like I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait to get the the passes in and all. And I don't want to wait on all that. Let's go now, you know. But right. I had to learn patience. I had to learn, you know, all of that stuff. And and forgiveness is the most important thing I learned. Ooh, I love that. Thank you for sharing that, Ken. When you were talking about that, it's so funny what comes up and what's been coming up in a lot of conversations for me recently, which is what you just talked about, the hero's, the hero's journey. You're familiar with Joseph Campbell, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. So one thing yeah. I've been recommending, I don't know if you've ever seen, have you ever seen Finding Joe, the documentary? It's on YouTube. 
No, I haven't. It's amazing. Actually, I just, about three or four weeks ago, I was talking to a buddy of mine and we're good friends. And he's like, man, I'm just so tired of learning lessons. He's learned a lot of lessons. I'm like, dude, I've learned a lot of lessons. We're all going to learn a lot of lessons. That's part of the hero's journey. And I asked him if he knew about that. And he says, no, not really. And I said, well, when you think about any show like star wars or um you know um uh wizard of oz you know the 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 unsung hero leaves home and goes through these battles and becomes and becomes a warrior and comes back home to teach everybody else how to do that and so i explained it to him and i told him to go watch that documentary finding joe and so after i got off the phone with him we did a zoom call i said you know what i got i got a little bit of time i threw it up on my 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 screen here in the studio and i sat back and i watched it and it reminded me so much that we do continue to go do that hero's journey and that for me once i had the perspective that there was no panacea that i was sold to when we were kids right when you think about it we were kids it's like okay go to school get good grades do what you're told um graduate school go to college get a get a house you know get a family do all these different things and then one day you get to retire you know, there's this, this place in, the, in this, 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 this time where you get to retire, where you think as a kid, you're like, okay, I get to the spot where I don't have to do anything anymore. I don't have to learn any more lessons. I don't have to try anymore. I've proven my point and now I get to retire. And then yeah. we get older and we figure out like you, 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 you accomplish one set of accomplishments. And then all of a sudden you find out, oh, there's, there's more, oh, there's new challenges and stuff like that. So I tell everybody, it's like, once you start to have the perspective of, of, of going back to, like we've been talking about being a kid and having curiosity, when you and I were kids, we were like, let's go do it. Let's yeah. go do it. We'll figure it out. We're going to jump it. We're going to do it. We're going to figure it out. Um, so if you guys have never seen that, go back and watch the hero's journey. But another component, when I think about that inner talk clan is something that I struggled with was identifying myself and loving myself for who I was, because I was constantly trying to be somebody I wasn't to make everybody like me. It was a, it was a carryover from my mom. It was like, as long as I can figure out what you want and I can make you happy and I can impress you, then I'll get validation and I'll feel good and I'll have significance and everything. What has been that journey for you in figuring out self-love? Because I can imagine, you know, what you've been through, there was points in your time where you hated yourself, you didn't like yourself, but now you're at a point now where you're a loving father, you're, you're, you know, you do great work in the community. How did you, how did you get to that process of loving yourself? You know what, dude, I, that again, it comes down to forgiveness, but it's not about forgiving other people. It's about forgiving yourself because when you're going through shit in life and, and all of us do, everybody does. Everybody has, you know, we, we've all like, I remember this guy sitting in a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're in this circle in these chairs and, and somebody was complaining about their life and, you know, that drove up in a freaking $120,000 BMW and, and, you know, all that stuff. And, and excuse me, this, um, this, this old timer sitting there goes, look, I'll tell you what. If we all took all of our problems and we could package them and just take every problem you have, every challenge you have, every fear you have, you throw it into the middle of the room. Everybody else throws theirs in. You can go over and pick up anybody else's problems you want. You're going to bring that shit back here within 24 hours and want your stuff back. So learn how to be grateful. But the, you know, the, the number one thing is learning to forgive yourself because when you're going through all the crap in life, one of the, especially if it's as a child, one of the natural tendencies is to start lashing out, start doing dumb things, start trying to prove to the world that you're worthy, that you're capable, that you're not all these things that the bad adults are trying to convince you that you are. And, 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 and so you start doing dumb things to get attention, right? Mm -hmm. And those dumb things, sometimes, at least for me, they were really dumb and and they caused um insecurity they caused they, every time you do something unethical it caught or you know where you're going out of what you know is right right so just say unethical you're doing something unethical you're going you're going um sorry i, I i'm the comments I, I need to turn them off for a minute and i'll go back <laughs> and answer them I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna adjust the comments in a second. So yeah, just get yeah, out of yeah, you, you I, get out of host mode. Scrolling and they 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 distract me. Um, but you know you you start doing things wrong that are out of out that are that are you know unethical, and and then you know you you push all that stuff down inside, right? So as you're doing these bad things, it just keeps compiling. It makes it worse and worse and worse until eventually you have to address the core. And when you address the core and you go, okay, 
And that's what I learned through doing the steps and in, in, in recovery is, you know, you're, you're digging all this stuff out and, and over time you're peeling back layers of the onion and, and you're, you're seeking forgiveness. You're seeking, um, you're going out and you're actually talking to the people that you caused harm to or trying to, um, and, and trying to make amends or making amends and, and writing what was wrong and fixing all the crap from your past. That's the hard part because most people you're not going to go see, you know, you know, and now there's, there's another side to this coin, but most people are not going to go call on the, you know, 20 girlfriends they had on drunken nights out or whatever. And, and say, Hey, sorry for messing up your life. If I did, or, you know, <laughs> like you're not going to, most people aren't going to do that, but doing the right thing is not comfortable. It's not, it's not the right, you know, doing the right thing is hard. Going back and cleaning up shit that you did wrong is very, very difficult. But when, when you've had a, a spiritual awakening, so to speak, where it's like, I'm, I'm, um, I don't know what the outcome is going to be, but I know this, the outcome is going to be really worse than the direction I was headed. If I continue heading in that same direction. So I've got to shift gears. I got to change course. I've got to change playmates and playgrounds. I got to get away from all the, the bullshit people that, that aren't, aren't good for me. And I got to look at, at life in a different way and see how I can, I can, I can help my fellow human after I've helped me and start learn learning to love because how, how many people dude, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to try to interview you, but how many people have you met in life where you you're like, you know, maybe they're a coach and you can tell that they, they like, maybe you'd be a good coach someday. If you deal with the, the crap you've got to deal with first, like, mm -hmm. why are you trying to give away something you don't have? You know what I mean? It's oh, like, yeah. if I go, Hey dude, I'm going to make you a millionaire. Let me give you a million dollars. Right. But I don't have a million dollars to give you. I can't make you a millionaire. Like, you know, you can't give something away that you don't have. So seeking that spiritual inner peace, that love, that place that, that, um, where I can have empathy, but I can also still be stern or firm. If that makes sense. Anyway, I feel yeah. like I just went on a long journey. With. Sorry about that, dude. No, that's all good. It's all good. That's I mean, that's why the show is called Raw and Unscripted. That's why it's called Raw and Unscripted because that way we can just kind of just go at it and just and see what flies out. Because I love it. I love it. I love it. Because you're vibing. You're vibing. Um, we got some people in the house. We got Roberts in the house. We got Karen in the house. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Tom's in the house. He says, "Oka waka, aka maka waka." in the house. What's up, Tom? Thank you so much for being here, brother. Um, appreciate you. Uh, we got Johanna in the house, Johanna. Thank you. She says, hi, Ken. Hi, Chris. We got Phil in the house says, Hey, Tom, Jen, Johanna says, yes. Finding Joe. Yes. Yes. So you've seen that. That's good. That's good. That's good. Um, yeah. Robert says here, the magical land of retirement. There is no such thing. There is no such thing. Andrew in the house, Andrew Heston says, patience, prayer, lack of positivity and forgiveness eventually works. Yes, a lack of positivity. Now that takes time. Self-love, a good thing, but it takes time. Yeah, the shit of self-forgiveness takes time, but it is possible. Absolutely, Andrew. Thank you for being here, brother. Appreciate you being here. Um, and Andrew also goes on to say, instead of lashing out, you finally find a way to help others. No. Yes, absolutely. You know, you, you, you don't, you come from a place of, you either come from a place of love or a place of fear which is definitely I found in my life. And I found that I came from fear, even though I didn't think I was fearful that I was still coming from a place of fear until I had my coach back in 2019. And she's like, fuck dude, you're in totally survivor mode. I'm like, I'm not in survivor mode. I've got to accomplish things like, no, you're in fear mode. You have plan A, B and C and D and E and F and G. You need to get out of that shit. You know, talk about being a coach that was incongruent. I'm like, huh, that's interesting. Let me, let me process that for a minute. And there was a lot of truth to it. And a lot of healing came out of that too, because it was like, I wasn't accepting myself for who I was. Mo Rock is in the house. What's up, Mo? Says up, love, Mo? Chris and Ken. Thank you so much for being here, Mo. Appreciate you, guy. We got Susan in the house. Um, and we got, uh, so thank you, Susan. She says, hi, guys. Hi, um, Susan. What's up, Susan? Uh, Karen says here, it's all good, Ken. It's all good, Karen. Ken. Karen's awesome. So thank you guys all for being here. Thank you guys for chiming in. Of course, if you have any questions, of course, ask them of us. And, and so can I, I, can I ask them to do something? Sure. Like everybody should share this out, dude. Like share it. 
Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. Actually, I have a little thingy for that. Please share if this is impacting you. No, share it even if it's not. It could impact somebody that you know. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the the go live the go live ambassador himself is uh is is giving us a giving us a tip. Yes, actually, don't be afraid to ask for what you want. Right. I, I mean, you know, here's the thing though, man, because it may not impact somebody watching, but they may there may be somebody on their friends list that it would impact. True, saying, true, man. Yeah. Got Daryl in the house. Daryl, thank you so much for being here. He says forgiveness releases and lets God take the burden. Truth. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much. And you know what? It's funny. We we're talking about forgiveness. It's actually not funny, but you know, I realized that from my own situations that I had been through and, and the people that I've helped go through their situations, one thing to do is, is to, is to, sometimes we find fault and we find guilt and we find shame in situations that have happened to us when we were kids. We think that we were part of the responsibility of what that happened and to be able to have forgiveness for ourselves and, and, and to be able to understand that it wasn't our fault. It wasn't right. our fault. But to your point and to the point we're trying to direct here to the viewers and the listeners, it is our fault. It is our responsibility. If we continue to stew in it, if we can to continue to write that story for ourselves and we all have the, the opportunity to become more aware of the situations that we're in, to be able to accept that it is our responsibility not to blame anybody else and then to take responsibility and take action from that. You know me, I'm the no excuses coach. So I'm curious, Mr. Ken Walls, and I know you coach people and you help a lot of people out. What are some of the excuses that you're hearing lately for why people think they're held back and what can we do to share with them how they can overcome some of those excuses? I, I mean, you know, it's a variety of things. I mean, honestly, the, it, so, you know, you said something a minute ago, everything about fear or love, right? Which is yep. from um, that there's a um, woman named Marianne Williamson that wrote a book called Re, a, a Return to Love. And um, it's it's her summary of A Course in Miracles. There's a oh. huge book called A Course in Miracles. And, yep, and if you summarize A Course in Miracles, it's this. It says, everything we experience as human beings can be categorized under one of two categories, and that's fear and love. So I like when you said that, I, I was like, oh, that's from A Course in Miracles. I don't know if you've read that or not, but, mm -hmm. um, it's so true. And, and if, if we, if we don't, um, if we don't, I, I see, I mean, people tell me all kinds of things and they're, you know, a lot of people will get into coaching and you know, the, the, there's a huge problem with wanting to take responsibility. Like what, taking personal responsibility for your crap in life is very difficult, man. And, and even though it's easy to say, Oh yeah, I'll take personal responsibility. Dude, actually taking responsibility. That's one part of the equation. But the second part of the equation is changing. Yes. Right. So if, if you say, if you say, dude, every night when I get done with, with my live stream, I have a headache. And if I said, well, dude, do you think maybe it's the bandana you wear? And I don't know. I, I mean, I tie it really tight. It might be. And I go, well, dude, you know, here's an idea. Well, why don't you stop wearing the bandana and, and just see, <laughs> give it a week or something. Right. right. And you go, no, man, I got to wear the bandana. I've been wearing, that's my signature. I'm that's me. Like I'm the, I'm the freaking bandana guy. And I go, yeah, but dude, it's causing severe pain for you. And you're like, I don't, I, you know, but, and you're living in this story of, I got, mm -hmm. I'm the bandana guy. You don't get it. And, and I, okay, fine, dude. So, and, you know, a lot of people are comfortable, man. They're, they're in that they're, they're right there. They're vibrating at this frequency and they just are going to, they're staying there no matter mm -hmm. what you say to them, no matter how hard you push, you can't, you know, and I say this all the time, look, I'll coach you, but I am not going to do the work for you. You got to do your own push-ups. Take the bandana off if it's hurting your head. <laughs> All right. right. I'm not saying I'm, I, I'm, I just thought of that. Like, look at it, but like, you know, so many people. Oh yeah. No, people like, do that. It's like, well, it hurts yeah. when I do this. Well, stop doing that. Stop. Stop doing it. Like, and, but people don't want to do it, man. They don't want to take person. Jack Canfield wrote a book with um, a woman named Janet Schweitzer or Switzer. I forget her name. 
uh, yeah. I think it's Switzer, um, called um, uh, The Success Principles. Ooh. And the very first principle, it's on a shelf. It's right there, dude. It's right there is the book. That's not a blue screen? Uh, no. The very no, those are all my books, bro. I know. So, I'm fucking with you. Oh, 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 I was like, what? So I had somebody so, ask me if those are real guitars the other day, and I'm like, no, that's a that's a green screen. And they're like, really? It looks real. And I went and picked one up, and they're like, oh. I was like, yeah. But the very first principle in that book is take 100 percent responsibility for everything in your life. And mm -hmm. dude, it seems like such a novel idea or or, or a simple idea. And, and, and quite frankly, people don't do it. They don't do it. They're in this pattern and they're going to stay in this pattern. No matter what you say or do, they're staying there until one thing occurs. And you know what that is? Rock bottom. Rock bottom, man. It's got to be pain. Pain is mm -hmm. the greatest motivator, man. It's if mm. I tell, dude, tell me I can't do something. Just say, just say, dude, there's no way you can learn how to play guitar. Well, now that's not fair. I've played since I was seven. Um, oh. So, <laughs> but uh, somebody told me you can't learn drums. Like you don't have the rhythm for it. I was like, oh, really? I went and bought a freaking huge set of drums. I'm like, I will be a percussionist. And I sucked really bad, man. And then I started taking some lessons from this dude. I started learning how to play tone loke songs and and a little bit of rush and and some you know. And I was Damn. like, all right. I mean, I started learning how to play drums because somebody told me. I said, man, I love the drums. I just love drums and and Metallica. I love their. I love. The, I just love the drums in their songs and their music. And and so somebody said you can't do it. I was like, okay, watch me. And that's, that's, and I'm not unique. Most people are like that, but there's a lot of people that they, they, it's, it's more of a, if you tell them they can't do something, it's, it's like that it, it affirms what they already think. Like, and they don't, they don't take action. They don't do anything to prove those voices in their head wrong. They stay stuck and they don't do anything about it. And it makes me crazy, man. It makes me crazy. I can think of coaching clients over the years that, that like, I, I know where they are in life and it's not changed at all for them. It's not changed. Life is not changing. They're in the same rut and it sucks because I want to go stop it. Like you're in the same freaking place you were six years ago. Stop. It's the same freak. It's what, dude, it's what Joe Dispenza talks about. It's the same story over and over. Yep. It's, I mean, it's a, you're writing a script. We're writing a story in our head with everything that we're doing, everything we're believing and everything we're focusing on to your point. You know, Tony Robbins talks about this. You know, we do things for two, for two reasons. You know, usually we want to do things because of certainty. You know, we can't deal with uncertainty because uncertainty leads to that fear, leads to that back chatter, leads to that. Oh, here's all the things that I've ever done. So as long as I do things that are certain, then I'm safe and then I'm comfortable, but comfortable equals miserable. In my opinion, I mean, for me, what it was that changed my trajectory. And when I, when I found what my big why was, was back in 2008, I was at a funeral and I was sitting in the back of the church and they were eulogizing one of my coworkers. And I thought about it, Ken, I was like, if I died tomorrow, who would show up and what would they say? Right. And at that point, people would have shown up with cases of beer, Jack Daniels, Motley Crue, Bon Jovi records, and talked about all the stupid shit Chris did, all the times he was drunk, all the times he chased girls, blah, 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 blah. Oh yeah. And he was a homeless dropout who, who, who made it good in his life. And I thought about, it, I'm like, do I really want everybody showing up and talking about all that shit? Is that really where I'm still at? You know, those are things that I did so far in the past, but I was still identified with them because I was still repeating a lot of those behaviors, even though I was growing. So at that point for me, I went home and I said, I'm going to take pen to paper. And I wrote my eulogy. Most of what the thing that most people are scared of and talking about death and thinking about that. And I wrote out my eulogy. And from that point forward, Ken, when I got to the, to the crux of it, that says Christopher Roush will have fought for what was right and what was fair and risked for which that mattered and left the earth a better place for who he was and what he did from that point forward, I had a bigger why I had a bigger yeah. picture. I had a bigger reason for, to make better decisions. I had a bigger why to hold myself more accountable. I had a bigger why I had leverage in my life because now I started thinking about in terms of regrets and pain. And I psychologically held myself to that. Like, would I regret not doing this? Would I regret not saying this? Would I regret not producing this? And it became leverage for me to get out of that. What has that been for you in your life? Has it been becoming a dad? What has it been for you to find out what your big why and what is your big why? Well, 
You know, I honestly, I think that I still work on my big why every day. My my big why is is I, I'm I'm looking at the comments again, and Andrew Andrew uh, Heston sucks like a vacuum cleaner, but you put the focus on others instead of yourself. And and I do. I I my big why is how do I help? I talked to a guy today that was, it was mind blowing. He's a legend college championship football player and was in the NFL. And this guy's amazing. And, and we were talking about this, like, how do you redirect the the story that you've been telling yourself for, I, I don't know, I don't know how old he is, but I'm 53. So I have a story I've been telling myself for the better part of 53 years about who I am and where I'm going and what I'm supposed to do. And I believe that we're all put here with a specific purpose that we're supposed to be doing. Mine is to help people find their greatness internally and start pushing that greatness out of them, helping them discover what the, what, because we're not meant to, uh, man, this, this could offend some people. I don't, I don't mean this offensively. Um, you're not meant to be a factory worker. I don't believe that. I don't believe that any of us are built to go work at a factory, punch a time clock and, and clock out and go home and eat and, and, and do that. I just don't believe that that was your purpose when you were brought here as Glenn Morshower mm -hmm. talks about, you know, well, and a lot of other people, but you know, you, you want to race like there, there was a race of, of you and 500 million other sperm that raced to meet that egg and create you. And then after the, the, the conception occurred, all of these miracles of, of cells splitting and doubling and, and doing all of these things to create a, a, a human being that comes out, whether you're perfect or imperfect, doesn't matter. You came out, you've, you, you, you got vision, you got a heartbeat, your lungs are breathing. You've got a purpose and a contract that you signed with God before you ever left to come to earth. You agreed to come here and do some shit and you're not doing it because you're punching a time clock. You're doing whatever it is. I'm not saying everybody go quit your job. I'm saying, Find out what it is, man. Reach deep down inside. Get with somebody that can help you pull that out. Get on purpose. And when you get on purpose, like me, I, I hung up today. And, and honestly, I hung, when I hung up with this guy, he's like, man, you've got me fired up, dude. I'm like, and this is a guy that's reached the highest levels of, of sports you can reach. Like, like, he's been there, right? He's like... He was literally on the Ohio State Buckeyes championship team in 2002 and was one of the key players on the team. And I was like, I can't believe I'm, I'm, I'm motivating this guy. I find what he's done motivating, you know? That is beautiful. It's unbelievable. So, you know, my purpose is to help people get their greatness out of, I don't know how to put that in words. I need to figure that out, but helping people pull their own greatness out, you know, and, and get past all the BS, man. I, 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 yep. You got, you got, you got to consider crazy. <laughs> you got to consider it. That's like energy, energy flows where focus goes. And that's what Ken and I are trying to tell you guys tonight is that whatever it is that you're focusing on and you alluded to it before, Ken, you talked about, you know, you have to make different choices about the people that you're around. Stephen Covey talks about in seven habits of the highly effective people. You're like, who are your five? Who are the people that you're around the most? Um, Scott and I had talked about it in the group coaching program. Like who's your team? Who, who's the person that you trust? Who's the person that empowers you? Who's the person that holds you accountable? And who's your mentor? Talk to us about that. The importance of having the right people in your tribe dude <laughs> i'm gonna tell you right now that this is where this is where shit's gonna get real because if you're hanging out with losers you're going to be a loser mm -hmm. i don't give a flipping crap how strong you think you are you're not strong enough to overcome five people six people ten people around you who are filled with negativity i know people who are 53 years old my age that I went to high school with and I've, I, they've sent me friend requests and I will not be friends with them. And it, I mean, I, first off, you only get 5,000 friends and I'm always at the limit. I'm not going to be friends with a bunch of guys that are posting pictures and videos of them out 
during the week at bars, raising hell at bars, drinking, have just pounding them down and getting drunk and at, at 50 years old. Like, no, like, Hey, Not if, a little you bit. That life, if you want that life, go for it, man. I don't want that life. And I'm not surrounding myself with people that want that life period. And if you don't like it, I don't care. It's my life, dude. It's my life, not yours. You can go do your shit, whatever you want to do. I'm not doing it. And I'm not having people around me that, that do that. You know what I'm talking about. So oh, the yeah. most important thing, Grant Cardone told me this. The most important thing that you're going to do with your life is make sure that you're surrounded with the people that you actually want to be like. I'm friends with Glenn Morshower multi-millionaire famous famous actor i'm friends with 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 um mark victor hansen and his wife he's the number one best-selling author of all time mark is one of my dearest friends he sold over 500 million books i want to be like <clears throat> excuse me like that guy <clears throat> i do not want to be like the guys posting pictures of them pounding beers and trying to pick up chicks at 53 years old in the freaking bars that's not, uh, it ain't me, man. I don't want anything to do with that, you know? So I want to be like Grant Cardone. I, like Grant and I did a clubhouse room a couple of weeks ago. He hung out with me for like three hours in there. We had over a thousand people in that room at one point. You know, those are the kind of people that I want to hang out with. Those are the people that, you know, like Grant wakes up every day on purpose. Like he knows where he's going. Like he's up and I know where we're going, Right. Same with Mark, same with, same with everybody in my circle, man. It's crazy. And if you don't, if you're not like that, you get the opportunity. Like, Hey, let's, let's, let's figure this out. How can we get you there? And if you don't get there, you're out. I don't want anything to do with you. So it's important. Does that answer <clears throat> your question? <laughs> it does. It does. I sit there and I, it, it's so beautifully said, Ken, because so many people I find don't want to let go of what was. They feel like if they're, if they're, if they let go of a person from their past, that it somehow erases part of their past. I had a situation where I've had to wish people well in my past. Even my sister, my sister, I wished her well. It was like, okay, I'm not going to deal with your craziness because I have a belief that people come into your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. I didn't make that up. Mm -hmm. So I actually had a, a buddy of mine. We were really good friends when I was homeless. He was the guy that I first had my first apartment with. He was seven years older than I was. Um, taught me a lot of stuff. We partied. We had great times. We went to concerts and did crazy shit together. But through the years, I started changing. I started growing. Once I started going back to school, it was like, what are you doing? You know, I stopped doing drugs. I stopped hanging around those guys as much. And in a sense, I, I wished him well. I was like, all right. Then he got sober. He got into Jesus and went hell bent on that. Told me I was going to go to hell for listening to ACDC. I'm like three years ago, you were like, you know, totally doing this. Um, and then, so over the years we would connect and I'd be like, Hey Robert, it's good. It's cool. Hey, what's up? How you doing? And then probably about probably about five years ago. I can't remember if it was before or after I had my son Jackson, but he had emailed me and he, 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 what was funny is he was stalking me saying nasty things about me online. And then all of a sudden he sends me an email and says he wants to reconnect. And I'm like, really? And the first part of me was like, Oh, I want to reconnect. It'd be kind of cool. But then there was a part of me. I'm like, that was so many Chris's ago. That was so many identities ago that I'm not even that same person. It would be cool to talk for maybe an hour and go, Oh, remember all the stupid shit we did, but we have yeah. nothing in common anymore. And so here's what I did. I sat there and I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take this opportunity just to, just to say thank you for everything. And, and I wish you well, all the best, but he had yeah. fucked with me over, over my years. And I was just like, I'm not going to deal with that anymore. I wish you well. So I wrote him this really nice email. I said, Robert, we had some great times, man, you know, doing this and doing that. You know, I appreciate this and, you know, being friends with your brother and blah. And, but I wish you well, man. I said, I just don't think our paths are going to cross. I don't think it's cool, but I wish you all the best. I hope you and your family are awesome. Da 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 da. Bye. He writes right. me back. He writes me back five minutes later. Fine. I'll erase your number forever. And I just was like, I'm so glad I sent the fucking email, you jackass. Right. I'm like, Adios, but if I just said, oh, let's go ahead and do this. Yeah, it's down a trip down memory lane, dealing with all that baggage. You got to get around the right people, ladies and gentlemen. You have to get around the right people. You have to get your team. You have to get the people who have you, who care about you, who will tell you the truth, like myself and Ken. Brother, we've been talking. We have been talking. I knew it was gonna we could sit there. We've well, we've had we've had some long sessions before with Mr. Mr. Moore Shower, where we've oh my <laughs> lord. It's like one o'clock in the morning. I'm laying in bed going, Come on, Glenn, give it up. All right, I'm about to pass I, out. I think the longest I've ever done was four hours and 15 minutes with Glenn on a live stream. 
It's crazy. He's, the guy's a fucking energizer, buddy. He's uh, he's unbelievable. Yeah, he is. He's amazing. Karen says uh, this is the best therapy coaching session ever. Well, thank you, Karen, for being here. Appreciate you. Be sure Karen to share it, as Mr. Ken would say. Um, we appreciate yeah. that. We got Ray in the house. I think Ray's also in the in the in the Ray's in here. He says misfits for life. So thank you for being What's here, up, Ray. Ray? Um, Tom is talking about here about settling. Yeah. Mediocrity. As soon as uh, you settle for less than you deserve, you get less than you settle for. Um, and Susan here, I wanted to highlight this. She goes, I am doing much better. I went off my antidepressants this month. I am very excited for this change. Very scary. Good, Good job, Susan. You, Susan. Way we got you. Go. We got you. We got wow. you, Susan. Um, uh, let's see what other we got. Larry in the wow, house. Let's let's make sure. just, just put up. Jeez. Down at the bottom. You see that? What was that? Karen. Oh, this lady? Oh. Who's oh, that's your same last name. Is that your wife? That's my wife. She's actually I watching one of my shows. I'm glad, I, wife, I'm that's glad awesome. I didn't say anything. Normally I say shit about her. Yeah, she's a great yeah, show. Right. I do. She, I'm like, she's going to see these shows after I'm dead. She's like, you fucker, you said that to me about... I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't do that. But uh, Karen says, a neighbor who I thought were our friends told me that my late husband is in hell because he didn't think he had accepted Christ. <laughs> wow. Well, that's pretty funny because there was a certain set of family members that wouldn't let me in their house because I didn't accept Christ. Wow. Huh, babe? <laughs> yeah, well, those people know, aren't watching so my show either. That, which is is honestly, that's like, that's the 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 opposite of what being a Christian is. Like, you know, like, okay, I've been in sales my whole life. So if I was selling being a Christian, I would be like, hey, dude, you want to accept Christ? And you go, no, thanks. I, okay. Next day, I'm going to be, hey, dude, change your mind yet? You in enough pain? You want to accept Christ? No, no, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. No problem, dude. I'm not giving up. Like, I'm not like, I'm not, oh, well, you SOB. How dare you not accept Christ? I mean, I've asked you 1,500 times. Like, part of the deal is, if you're going to be, you know, uh, I, I say I got, I'll, we'll talk about this in a second, but like Sam Kennison did a bit. Do you remember the Sam, like oh. Sam Kennison did the bit about, um, he said, uh, he's like, I saw this new, this new commercial for rockers against drugs. He's like, I was like, what the hell? What? Like rock created drugs. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> It was rad. It was R A D D rockers against yeah, drugs. Ra yeah. Rockers. Yeah. So, and, and he goes, uh, he goes, that's like Christians against Christ. Like, <laughs> it was, it was, but anyway, I'll never forget that. But you know, like, dude, like being a Christian being, you know, if you're, if, and I'm a Christian, if you're a Christian, like your job is to, to, to not judge, but just to, you know, be an ex a living example, uh, so people are attracted to that. Not not be a a douchebag, so people are not attracted to it. Oh, dude, I have I have so many so many stories about that. That would take us into another hour long show, but uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, no, thank you, man. Thank you for being here. Um, I want to capture some of these other comments. Uh, Karen says, uh, I already shared Ken the first time I shared something on my personal Facebook since Larry passed. Well, thank you. Thank you for, thank you for that. Thank you. Um, thank you. oh, my wife says my brother said I was going to hell for dating you. <laughs> yeah, that's well, I was, I was, right. I was trying not to say names, but, uh, <laughs> what'd you say? You're probably right. <laughs> I don't know. According to my therapist, she might be, she might be telling him she is in hell. I don't know. Uh, I love you, babe. <laughs> uh karen said it felt it felt great to share that so thank you for sharing karen appreciate you for being here and uh and in, in your honesty andrew says you're exactly karen says faith hope faith hope love the greatest of these absolutely Amen. so um so listen i want to get you out the show and uh get you some rest so um what are some uh what's some what are some final thoughts mr ken walls thank you so much for being here i appreciate you being here uh what are some final thoughts for the listeners for the viewers tonight and where can people continue the conversation with you i mean dude the my final thoughts are you know it's the voices it's the stories that are holding you back so start i mean go go look at ways to, to reprogram your mind. Your mind is the only thing stopping you. It's the only thing, nothing else. So, you know, look, people on a lot, most people on here already do follow me or friends of mine or whatever, but 
Um, anybody else just, you know, hit me up. I'm, I'm maxed out on Facebook, but, and, and there's my website. I have a fan page. You can follow me there. You can follow me on my, my personal page. There's a lot of fake profiles using my pictures for whatever I reason. I saw that. You're, 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 you're an ambassador. Dude, it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, Facebook just gave me the blue check mark on my personal, personal page. I think partially because of all the fake profiles. I don't know. It's crazy, dude. I it's nuts. It's nuts. But yeah. So, sometimes yeah, you feel like it, sometimes not, nobody's copying my shit. Nobody's out there going, "Hey, I'm gonna wear a bandana with a hat on backwards." So I guess I got, I guess I got a niche. I'm, I'm gonna say that, and somebody's somebody's gonna do something. Watch. I'm I'm gonna start doing it. Welcome to Breakthrough Walls. <laughs> you should. You should. Have you ever seen the episode where Scott dressed up? Scott uh, punked me and uh, showed up as my brother. Oh my god! Yeah, no. it was. It, I think it was when we were doing the Friday Night Live show. He he showed up. He, was he? Um, Vinny. It was he. Vinny Roush. Yeah, he showed up and he was like my long lost brother. Wore a bandana, kind of painted stuff on. It was hysterical. That is funny, dude. So we did we did part of a show that way, and I was like, I can't remember what his name was. Vito Vinny. I have it saved. I have the link saved somewhere. I have to share that, but. Uh, uh, it's a, this is crazy. This is crazy. So, um, uh, yes, well, hey, Andrew man, says, I, I do want to say thank you for having me on. I told my wife I was going to be on with you and she loves you, man. She's like, Oh my God, I love him. She really does, man. So, um, well, you're, you. you're making such a positive impact in this world, bro. I, I see you. I, I don't always comment or get on your stuff. We're both very busy, but but man, I see what you're doing. You're making a huge impact in this world. You're helping people. You're you're changing lives, man. There are people that I know that you've changed their life. So good job, man. Keep doing what you're doing, brother. Thank you, brother Ken. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Uh, I'm gonna stick you backstage here for a second, and um, and hey, I'm gonna guys. finish out the show. You don't go anywhere. You know how that works. Okay. Yep. So thank you very much, Ken. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Uh, keeping this under an hour as per your request. So yes, Susan Day says, uh, yes, he is amazing. Tom says, love you both. Uh, we love and appreciate each one of you guys. Yes, I know Darlene, you over in Florida is past your bedtime. Thank you so much for tuning in. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The center focus of this conversation tonight is that we have to take responsibility for where it is that we're at in our journey. And we don't have to set, we don't have to accept blame and responsibility for what happened in our childhood, but we have to accept responsibility now if we're choosing to still rewrite that story back into our brain as though it were yesterday. If we consider to live in those limited beliefs, so we, we could consider, if we can consider that, you know, something that has held us back up until this point, we can use the power of the word perhaps, right? We were thinking, we were talking about the language that we use and another great book out there for you guys. If you don't, if you haven't heard about it, it's called what not to say when you talk to yourself. I think it's what, what not to say when you talk to yourself. It was a phenomenal book for me in rewriting a lot of the language that I use because I didn't realize the power of the words that we do use on ourselves. Oh, I'm always stupid or I never do it right. You know, always and never are powerful words. And when you use those on yourself, like I always screw up or I never do things right. Those are two words that you can immediately remove from your vocabulary and just say, you know, that that used to happen to me previously. Or if you haven't done something, say yet, you know, I haven't been able to master that yet. I am working on that and I haven't been able to do that yet. Start throwing some positive opportunities in there for you to see that there is an, a, a, a way that you can change what it is that's not working for you. It's about becoming aware. It's about realizing and recognizing that if you're not happy with your life, that's the first indication. That's the first indication. There was a used to ask my coaching clients two questions. Are you excited about when you get up and when you get up in the morning, where it is that you're going, what you're doing? And when you're there, say, for example, you're at your job, are you excited for where you're going and who you're going home to? You answer those two questions. You ask her, you answer them honestly. And if they're both, yes, that's a pretty kick-ass, amazing life. But if you answer those questions, or if you're afraid to answer those questions, then you have some work to do. And that's where it is that you become aware. That's where it is that you become responsible for changing what it is that's not working. And Ken said it, Ken said it so brilliantly, the fact that, you know, it's uncomfortable, it's hard, it's icky. We don't want to deal with that. Oh, maybe if I just ignore it, maybe if I just play the someday game, hoping, wishing, and praying that someday it's going to go away, it's not. But what's going to happen is you're going to have regrets. Again, a, a famous book, The Five Regrets of the Dying. If you have not read that, go read The Five Regrets. The number one regret is that people lived the, didn't live the life they wanted to live. They lived the life that they, were, they thought they were supposed to live. So they got into the, the family business. They did whatever anybody else wanted them to do. And that was the regret. 
that they lived their entire life being somebody who they weren't to get validation from somebody who wasn't even around anymore. So think about that, ladies and gentlemen, the only validation, the only, the only significance, the only approval that you need is from inside. Take it from me, the no excuses coach. I have been on a journey, finding myself, discovering myself, pretending who to be somebody I wasn't, not even realizing I was doing it. So I had to become aware and I had to take action for that. That's what the show is about. The show is about you taking responsibility for where you're at in the journey. Reach out to myself, reach out to Ken, reach out to somebody, establish a relationship, get somebody who's going to hold you accountable. Somebody who's going to tell you the truth and make a commitment to yourself. Make a promise to yourself that 2022 is going to be your year. It's not going to be a year of excuses. It's going to be a year of kicking ass and taking names, doing 75 hard, doing things that challenge you. Because guess what? When you look back on your story, you look back on your story. And if I ask you this question, when did you learn the most? Was it when things were easier or when, when things were challenging? Of course, when things were challenging. So if you learn from your mistakes, then I tell you to go make more. What are we saying? That it's all stepping stones to get you where you need to go. It's all part of that journey. Go watch the hero's journey. I promise you, you'll love it. Come back here and comment on it. Uh, we got Lynn in the house. What's up, Lynn? Thank you so much for being here. She says, amen, little brother. Uh, thank you, big sis. I appreciate you. All right, that's it for the Ron and Scripted Show. I'm Christopher Roush, the No Excuses Coach. Thank you so much for being here. Please get in touch with Ken Walls. Let him know how the show impacted you. Continue the conversation with him. And we'll see you here next Tuesday, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, the Ron and Scripted Show. I am Christopher Roush. I love you guys. You guys are misfits for life. We'll see you next time. Be good to yourself and be good to others. Be the change you bitch about. Love you guys. Peace.